0: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm also thrilled to introduce today's guest, Diane Romero. Diane is an entrepreneur mentor, mindset coach, and motivational speaker from Entrepreneur by Design. Welcome, Diane. I'm so happy to have
1: you here. Thank you, Kim. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I would love if you would give a little bit of your backstory to the listeners and tell them how you got to where you are today.
1: Perfect. I sure will. So, well, my story started 51 years ago. That's a long time ago. And I was actually born in San Francisco at the University of California, San Francisco Medical Center. I was actually born a couple of months too early. And from my understanding, I was born at three pounds and had to stay in the, of course, the NICU for a couple of months And I was also born with a visual impairment. So basically, from what I hear, a rough start. So Mm -hmm. they say that I'm a little lady with a big stick. (laughs) But all in all, I would have to say that my challenges have brought many, many successes. And, you know, I was born to immigrant parents from El Salvador and the Middle East. So my father is from El Salvador and my mother She passed away when I was 12, but she was from Israel. So, you know, they came to this country, settled in San Francisco, and I grew up in San Francisco, then moved to San Jose, California. And all in all, it was, as a kid, very challenging for me. You know, I didn't want to accept the fact that I couldn't see. And kids are mean in school, so as I was growing up, I remember... I would not wear my glasses to school, which were very, very thick. Back in my day, I didn't have the technology they have now in the updates. So my glasses were very, very thick. When I suffered from low self-esteem, I remember that I couldn't see. I didn't want to see because I didn't want to wear the glasses that basically made me look what I thought like a fool in school. So I feel I had a lot of challenges From the day I was born and being in school and, you know, I didn't like school because I was made fun of because of my vision or lack thereof. And so it didn't stop there. Well, when I was 12, my mom developed cancer and she passed away. So once again, there was another challenge for me. I already had a low self-esteem. I believed, well, great. Now I don't like myself And now my mom has passed away. So Mm. all in all, though, I still maintained a positivity within me. Even though I had the challenges, I struggled with low self-esteem. I just felt like even at 12 years old, my life was kind of falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I got to a point at the age of 12 where I figured out, look, I mean, what else can happen? I've had all these challenges. My mom passed away. Now I'm having to take care of my dad and my brothers because literally if I have fallen apart, they've even further fallen apart because of my mom's passing. And so now I've become the person who takes care of the family at 12 years old. And honestly, Kim, it was just kind of like I had to understand that Either I was going to continue to sink deeper into this garbage that was going on in my mind, which was low self-esteem, oh my God, my life is horrible, or I was going to have to just bring myself out of that and focus on positivity and grasp at whatever I needed to survive and get ahead. Diana, so
0: how did you even know about the positive mindset at 12, though? Because I have to tell you, I didn't know a thing about it. To me, if it was, it was, and there was no way around it.
1: I'm going to have to say that it was something besides being innate within me, because as I tell you more about where I'm headed in the direction of my business and how I support others and how I impact others, I really believe that in retrospect, it is something we innately have within us. I really do, even at 12, even at seven, even at four years old. Because if you realize when we see kids, kids generally all positive all the time. I mean, it changes as you grow older and life happens and stress happens and situations happen. But children are generally positive. And so I really believe we do possess that innately within us. I can see that completely, but I think, well, in my personal
0: experience, somewhere between being that happy five and six-year-old that I see in pictures and 30, I lost that. Right. And it wasn't until I was 29, 30 that I found it again. And it was like the best Christmas present ever.
1: That's the best way I can describe it. No, really. And I think... With me, that just happened earlier. I didn't know, I had no other choice but to swim or sink or swim where I was going to sink, however that goes. But I basically was in a position where, look, Diane, you are now technically the only person who can help your family, i.e. your dad and your brothers, to not literally fall into this major depression and just lose it completely. Because... There was times when, like, my dad wouldn't even be able to go to work. I'd open his door, or knock on his door, and he was in his bed bawling, right? And here I am, 12 years old. I'm like, okay, my dad has to go to work or else we're not going to survive. I realize my mom's no longer around. I realize I'm a royal wreck as well. But somebody has to, like, get it together here. But with that being said, I did grow up in a Christian home, I guess had some principles to where I believed in a higher power. And so I was just like, okay, higher power, God, you got to help me. I mean, what am I going to do here? So my faith, my beliefs, and the positivity that I knew I just had within me helped me to start helping my dad, helping my brothers, you know, brainstorming. Even at 12, I started brainstorming, okay, what can we do? Because here we went from a two-income household to a one now. I'm 12 years old. I have little brothers. My dad has this job that he worked for the airline, so he was an airline mechanic. And so he was gone for long hours, and still sometimes that didn't cover. So even at 12, I thought, Wait a minute. I just felt like my mind started to pull at straws. Okay. Now, what can I sell? (laughs) You know, what? Oh, my gosh. You know, literally, it was just, I mean, it's a sad situation to think back, but you know, honestly, those things have made me who I've become now. And nobody wants a 12 year old to sit there and think, well, how are we going to make money? Oh, my God, my mom died. So, like, now we need another income. But, It happened in my life. And so I think those situations just opened up. My mind just had to shift in different directions. I had to mature quickly. And that's the only way I could put it. So I believe my entrepreneurial thinking just started blooming at that point. I was like, wait, so my dad has one job. We used to have two. And now what are we going to do? think, Diane. So start thinking. And so it was really hilarious, because at that point, I'm thinking, okay, lemonade stands, because back in the day, that's what it was, you know, uh-huh. bake sales, <laughs> bake sales, lemonade stands. And I'm like, okay, what can I do? Okay, what fundraiser can I sell chocolate? So all that was really big. And, and I did all that as much as I could. But I just started thinking, wait, okay, Diane, now you're even double screwed because you really can't see. So you really have to be creative about what you want to do, or how are you going to go about surviving and thriving in this world? So all those things, just my mind was just, oh my gosh, just a whirlwind of what am I going to do now? So I remember that really, really young, I would sit and brainstorm action plans I would sit and think well what skills and talents abilities accomplishments experiences do I have that can help me get somewhere look you can't see Diane your dad is really not around because he would work these long shifts at the airlines and I'm basically at home brainstorming what am I going to do to be successful Wow. <laughs> As a 12 year old, you know, so I totally feel
0: that because at 12, maybe it was even 11. I went and got my babysitting certificate, because I thought I was going to make an empire babysitting kids. Little did I know that, you know, 20 plus years later, I would have five. (laughs) But I got my babysitting certificate at 11. And I couldn't believe I was out there babysitting until 4am. Some of my first jobs were until 4 a.m. I can't imagine sending my 12-year-old out to babysit other people's kids until 4 a.m. And then within a year, I was delivering papers, but it was always the same for me. What can I do to help? What can I do to make money so that I can buy a snack in the lunchroom? What can I do? Because my parents divorced when I was three, and it was a financial struggle very regularly. I always wanted to figure out how I could help. So I totally understand. Along your journey as a child, what would you think is the most amusing thing that you did?
1: I think the most amusing thing that I did was I would take my clothes and I would make sure I had the nicest things in my closet and I would set up a little clothes rack in front of my home with tags and I would sell to my friends. So. <laughs> I would have like the little clothing store in front of my garage and everybody would come by and almost like the beginnings of a garage sale, but it was just clothes. I would actually give them little consultations. Hey, I think this would look good on you. And so I think that was the most amusing part of what I tapped into as a 12 year old. You sold your clothes. Wow. Yeah. So that was that. And I would have to say, you know, I would never change any of that, to be honest with Uh you, because It built my character. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. I'm a 12-year-old. I should be worrying about hanging out with my friends, not having to take care of my dad and my brothers. And it did feel unfair a lot of times. But, you know, in retrospect, now fast forward to now where I'm able to identify with people who have lost their parents. I'm able to identify with people who are having to be there for their family because the family's falling apart. I'm able to help others brainstorm what are their abilities, their skills, their experiences that they can use as leverage to create the lifestyle and the income that they desire because I had to go through that I mean that wasn't even the beginning like so I mean I sold Tupperware as I got older like pulling out straws so I sold Tupperware I watched people's kids I sold gold canyon candles and every other brand of candle you can and
0: I saw that you did Avon (laughs) I did Avon for a whole two or three months oh my god that's as long as I lasted Because it was costing me more money than I was making. I mean, I was living outside of New York City. I was living in Mount Vernon, New York. And all of the apartment buildings around me were, you know, they had buzzers. You had to know somebody to get into the building. And yes, I could have just gone and dropped catalogs by the mailbox. But most of them had no solicitation signs. They didn't want that. It's like, what are you thinking, Kim? You've bought all this
1: stuff and now you can't do anything with it. Exactly. Oh, trust me. And then the bad part was that I would buy the Avon and then I wouldn't sell it because, oh, I really like this. So what am I doing? I'm using my profits and, you know, what my potential profits and that's it, you know, and then the stuff I didn't want or nobody wanted just sat in my closet at home. So so I did. I tried Avon. I sold it pots and pans, they were called Reno-ware. If anybody knows what Reno-ware is, then they get a prize. (laughs) But I sold Reno-ware. I mean, you name it, I tried to do it. So, I mean, along the way, I learned a lot of different things. The good thing is I learned a lot of different business models, which therefore, fast forward to now, really helps me be able to mentor others. But you know, literally, I had to be very creative. Like I told you, you know, I'm severely visually impaired. So you would never think so. People who know me would never think so. But literally, I'm on the cutting edge of legally blind. And so I had to be really creative. What can I do? What is going to help me thrive? And then I grew up, got married. Everything seemed fine. I went to college. I have a degree in child development as well and a degree in business marketing as well. And so I went to college, got married, had my son who is now 27. And I realized once I was married that I had an amazing husband, but he had an addiction to alcohol. And so as much as I wanted to try and keep that relationship together, and we all want that marriage and that works. And sometimes as wives, we want to do the most to keep it together, but it's not all depending on us. So I figured out after two kids with my first husband that this was not going to work. He was no longer working because his addiction was that invasive and Now here I am, two kids, an alcoholic husband, and back in a situation I felt where I'm having to take care of everybody and there's no one there to help me.
0: It doesn't sound that much different from when you were 12.
1: Thank you. Exactly. So. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was a situation that you shouldn't have been in at 12. It's unfortunate that I had to circle back around like that.
1: Exactly. And once again, I'm going to have to say, I wouldn't change that for the world. Even though at the time, yes, it was horrible. It was sad. My kids didn't need to see dad always passed out. Once again, the money issues again. At that point, I was working at a childcare facility for special needs children. And it was good money if we had a second income. But then again, we didn't because my husband was no longer able to work. He was strictly drinking all the time. And here I am having to tap into that 12 year old Diane who had to start getting creative and somehow make it. But now, guess what? I have two kids. So that just complicates it even further because those are my kids. I need to make sure they have what they need, right? Right. And so honestly, at that point, I had a breakdown. I did. By then, I'm in my early 20s. I have two kids. And I was like, come on now. I started having anxiety, depression, nervous breakdowns, and all trying to keep it together because I have two kids now. I'll have to say, Kim, it was one of the roughest times of my life. When I hear people say, look, you know what? You don't understand what I'm feeling. You know, this anxiety, this depression. I just feel out of control. I felt like that. I was at that point. Mm-hmm. And having to still wear my famous smile, because I've always been known to be that person with the great smile and always positive. Oh, my gosh, you're just you're fun and you're always full of joy. Well, on the inside, I wasn't. Right. At that time, here I am. What is going to happen to my two kids now? I am a special ed teacher that cannot make it on this income. I love what I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love children, always have. I loved every day impacting the parents and the children's lives. But at home, we were not eating, if that makes sense. So, you know, it was a time when I was literally falling apart and once again, having to regroup And think, okay, Diane, you are literally now a single mom of these two kids. What are you going to do? So here I started brainstorming, self-exploration. You know, just things that I knew kind of had worked for me as a 12-year-old. So I started having to tap into that. And tapping into my successes because I really believe that even through our hardest times, what can get us through is remembering our past successes.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. What can get us through the hardest times is remembering our past successes. I just want to share for a moment. I found myself not in a marriage with an alcoholic, but it was an abusive marriage. So in 2010, I left my husband with my two boys. Mm -hmm. Listeners, we haven't chatted about this, like the parallels at all in any part of our conversation before any time. So I totally feel that. The boys were getting fed, but when I left him, I had no job and I had been an interior architect for years, but when the economy tanked, I lost my job, but I knew that I had to go. I mean, I'm sure it was the same with your husband. You could stay, but you knew you had to go. Exactly. Even though I didn't have a job. So I ended up getting a job at Chipotle. I got kicked off the line. My burritos never stayed together. So I was working (laughs) the cash register. But my one meal a day came from what I was getting fed at Chipotle because we got one meal every shift. And my money would go to my kids because you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know where the next package of hot dogs and mac and cheese was coming from. I was like, please, please, God, let there be good tips today. Listeners, if you like Chipotle, yes, there is a tip jar on the counter. <laughs> tip your servers, Will. Many of them are working so hard and don't know how they're paying for their next meal. Right. Yeah.
1: So what happened next? So, of course, back to the drawing board here, I'm sitting thinking, wait, so now I know that I have to leave that situation and that there's going to be no child support, much less spousal support, because this is a person who's no longer a functioning alcoholic at all. So I start thinking, brainstorming, what can I do? Mind you, then I'm working special education at a child care facility, a federal program called Head Start, which, by the way, you have your child in Head Start. It's an amazing program. I loved working there. It's for mostly at-risk families. And, you know, it's just an amazing place to be. And I was there, and yet I was not making it. It was gratifying because the parents really loved me and it's just gratifying when you're touching people's lives children and their parents but it wasn't paying the bills my kids couldn't eat I was on the verge of losing the place I was renting you know and so I started thinking what am I good at again see yep what am I good at what are my abilities what is my experience what are my gifts and so I remember sitting on my lunch at the childcare facility thinking, what can I do next? And then a light bulb came on. I work with parents, I work with kids, I love doing that. Bingo, Diane, why don't you open up your own childcare facility for special needs children? Then you're not working for someone else. You're making your own money, you know, you're running it the way you'd like to. Because that was another thing, you know. I'm working at this childcare facility, and of course, I was always thinking, wait, maybe they should do this. They can do this a little better, or maybe they should change this. And so, once the light bulb turned on, I was like, wait, maybe I can do this. And not only will I be more accessible to my kids, because then I can have an assistant that works with me and I can leave her there. And if I have to go take my child here or there, you know, so I just started thinking and brainstorming and that turned into research and the research turned into me actually having a plan of action and I opened up my own childcare facility. Now, mind you, I loved the girls that worked with me at my special ed childcare that I worked at, but honestly, Nobody was on my side about it. Like, I had no support. I don't know. Now, in retrospect, I think that it's not that I didn't have the support from them because they didn't like me. They didn't want me to succeed. I just think that a lot of times people lack vision. And because they lacked vision, they didn't see how this was going to be possible for me, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. So... At the time, it hurt my feelings. I thought, oh my gosh, these co-workers who I've worked with forever, who know my family, who know my situation, were literally like family. And one of them actually told me, good luck, Diane, but you're going to be back. Ouch. And I just, I just died inside because yeah. I thought, you don't understand. This is an attempt at saving my kids family my mm-hmm. kids the roof over my head I need you to support me can somebody just say yeah good job Diane go for it and I didn't hear that from my co-workers and it really broke my heart but now that I've learned so many things and learned about how our mindset works now understand that it wasn't anything personal against me it's just that people see success as something that somebody else can accomplish. And I mean, it seems that far away for people all the time.
0: Yeah. I've seen in quite a few social media posts from people who I've either considered mentors in the past or consider mentors now. And the people that I follow now aren't sharing their income wins because it's that's not where their wins come from anymore. It comes from the impact that they're making. But when I've seen some of these, people will often write, well, it's easy to make a lot of money when you're raised with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my mentors now didn't come from money. I mean, one of my biggest mentors actually grew up in a very struggling household where their furnace broke and they had to wait like two or three weeks for its parents to make the money to pay for a new furnace. So they ended up camping in the living room. And pretending, like the parents never said what was going on. But had anybody told him then that he could never, good luck, but you'll be back. You're just going to be living like this. Like we all need to surround ourselves with people who have vision. But sometimes it's just so hard to find those people.
1: Exactly. And it it really broke my heart. But it didn't break my spirit. You know, I've survived all this from the minute I opened my eyes that are visually impaired, you know, that I came out of the womb, I've survived all this. And that's what I've told myself this whole time. And that's what I continued to tell myself. And I just said, you know what, those comments literally just ignited a fire within me. Like, oh, really? Plus, I'm a Taurus. so. (laughs) But I was like, really? I'm going to be back? No, I'm not going to be back. I've survived till now. I've been successful. It's been hard for me, but I've been able with God's help, really honestly with God's help, because I'm not a religious person because anybody who knows me knows I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person because I've had to tap into that other realm to be able to survive completely honest. So I'm like, no, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to be back. And I told my kids, look, I can't be back. I'm not going to be back. This is going to work, one, because it needs to, and two, because I'm going to inspire these people who feel that they are stuck in this nine-to-five, and that's it. I'm going to inspire them. I'm going to help them see that things are possible, that dreams are possible, that you can think outside of the box. So I open up my childcare facility, Of course, it's taking a little bit of time because anybody who knows that industry knows that there's trust that has to come with you leaving your children with anybody. So even though you've worked here, there, or everywhere, you have to build that trust with parents. It has to be word of mouth. And so in the meantime, I had my plan B or my alongside plan, which was I didn't completely quit with the county that I was working for, I went on as a sub so that I still had money coming in and I was kind of testing the waters with the childcare facility. And little by little, as I started building my enrollment, I started dropping the days that I would sub for the county and it ended up working to where my business was very successful. I was able to have always a full roster of kids, a waiting list and, you know, it was amazing. I mean, my coworkers who said, look, you'll be back, their jaws just dropped. And they just said, wow, uh, we can't believe that this is happening. But that's when I was able to turn around and encourage them and say, yes, thank you. I appreciate your support now, but I want to let you know that these things are possible for you as well. Diane, thank you for
0: saying that, because there's so many people who would just turn around and just ugh. yeah where were you when but you <laughs> handled that with dignity so thank you I do have a question though you were struggling sure. how did you manage to open your facility when you were struggling financially
1: using my resources because that's one thing since everyone who's hearing my story now probably has already figured out that I'm a big researcher <laughs> because if there's one thing anybody's going to know after this podcast is that lady is a researcher. She uses her resources and taps into what she needs when she needs it. So what I, did, by the way, everybody can do that. Even there's so many resources now out there for ink. So I encourage anybody, listeners on the podcast or whoever it is that you know, we have resources, and that's what I used. So, what I did is I tapped into a program in my county that helped you start up your childcare. So, they had federal funds to give you to start up your childcare facility.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think that's something that I've learned since leaving my ex and have continued to learn that there are always resources. There's always help. There's always support. But number one, you have to be willing to look for it. And number two, you have to be open to receiving it. Exactly. I mean, we've relied on financial assistance from time to time to get us through. But that doesn't mean that we're any less of people than we are because we had to do that.
1: Exactly. And I mean, that was one of my resources too. Yeah. food stamps for yeah. me and the kids, you know, and I knew I needed them. And that's what they're there for. Those things are there for when you are struggling. And you know, there's such a stigma about it. And oh, my gosh, such no, a bad that
0: stigma yeah. that we're sitting at home watching soap operas all day instead of getting out there and getting a job. No, exactly. we're actually like a good unspoken about portion of of the people who are receiving such benefits are actually working so many hours that you don't even see them. That's true. But they need that break. What's a better word than break?
1: I would say they need that support. It's really that support, you know, and that's what those systems are in place for that reason. And so as far as my childcare facility, that's what I did. I tapped into that program, Getting your childcare license here in California, that's not a big deal. Number one, it wasn't because I already had the fingerprint clearance. I was already worked with kids. The license was like 150 bucks, but I just budgeted. That was a budget item. You know, I was like, okay, kids this month, we're not getting XYZ because it's going towards the license. So, but as far as me furnishing the childcare, getting the materials, things for the kids. It was through that grant that my resource and referral center in my county for child care they were actually part of this program that helped new providers. And so that's how I got started. And it was a matter of researching. And I had to write a proposal. Okay, this is the child care facility I want to provide. Because those are federal funds. And so every time we talk about federal funds, it's a lot of paperwork, logistics, red tape. But that was something that helped me. It helped me to be able to start the child care facility. Needless to say, I went from making $1,600 a month working at the child care facility to making $12,000 a month with my child care facility.
0: Wow. Do you still have that today? No.
1: No, I don't have it today. I actually, two years ago... I ended up taking the faith walk journey to Los Angeles because my youngest daughter is an actress and my older daughter is a makeup artist for film. So I am in Los Angeles supporting them with their dreams. And because of that, I sold my childcare facility and moved to Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. So I no longer have it, but... Let's backtrack to the childcare facility because there's more. There's a little part to that story that we're missing. So, after having the two kids, you know, and that breaking apart, again, I can say that I didn't make the best choices in relationships, you know, and I really believe now, now I know why. I didn't know who I was, had still that low self esteem, even though I had vision for a lot of things, I still didn't value myself, I didn't realize who I really was. And once again, I made a bad choice in a relationship again. And so here I have what supposedly I thought I needed. And I end up meeting my youngest daughter's dad. And he ended up being addicted to meth. And I'm now mm. pregnant with his child.
0: Wow.
1: I'm pregnant with this child, and I have two teens. And once again, I'm in a situation where I can't remain in this situation. Now I have a third child who cannot be living in a situation with a meth addict. I mean, it was a situation where there was violence. I had never before, even with my alcoholic husband, had not known what it was to live in a violent environment in a violent relationship but then my youngest daughter's dad is now a meth addict and he is abusive and he is not someone that we need to be around and so once again what do I do now there's a third child which now I'm having to raise three kids on my own and to be honest I don't even know. As I tell this story, I don't even know how I made it through if it was not for God who was looking out for my mind and my soul and my emotions and just, I don't even understand now that I tell the story and I so many little pieces. It's like the story of my life is one where I tell a piece and then all of a sudden, but wait, there's more. And It's not a wait, there's more in a good way, but in a challenging, rough, sucky way. Does that make sense?
0: That absolutely makes sense because I've lived that life too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and there's so many people out there that I'm sure are identifying right now with that. They're like, yeah, oh yeah, me too. Yes, me too. And and literally, it's like, that's a story of a lot of people's lives, you know, it's like, sometimes we don't tell it, hold it to ourselves and not everybody knows, but I want to tell my story. And I would hope other people would want to tell their stories because these stories help other people. Absolutely. Or like, oh my God, that person understands me. Oh my God, I thought I was alone. No, I'm not. Okay. So, so here I am, three kids, not knowing what to do. And honestly, Kim, I really appreciate, I want to just thank you for having me on because I feel that I'm at a point where I want to share this story. I was in at a point long time ago where I didn't even want to share it. You know, I was like, this is a bunch of crap. Like, yes, people know me now and I got it together, so to speak. And when I help other people and I am a mindset coach and so many things have happened. And but that hasn't always been me. And so I love the fact that I can tell this story now, even though I didn't want to for a long time because I kind of felt like people would judge me or I kind of felt that would remind me of how, what an idiot I thought I was for making bad choices. But this is life. I believe now that this is life. This is being real. And there's nobody out there who is perfect. We've all (laughs) made mistakes. I'm not laughing at what you're saying. I'm laughing because I know.
0: I have to tell you, last week I was actually recording a podcast and my son was making soup for me in the kitchen. I had a whole day of recording podcasts and I asked him to make me some soup and that I could eat between shows. So I hear while I'm having this chat, I start to hear the click, 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 click. I'm like, what the heck? And then it occurred to me, I had forgotten to pay the gas bill. It's not that I didn't have money. We had the money to pay it. I had just forgotten in all my craziness to pay the gas bill. So he pops his head out into the office and he's like, Mom, I think the gas got shut off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh. So I quickly paid it and it was all taken care of. But there was that point, even as recent as a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, I did leave a bad ex, and I did find my soulmate, so I was lucky on that. But whereas I hit the jackpot on the love lottery, Mm -hmm. it was like the financial went in the exact opposite of the love, right? Like, there was a day I remember standing out in the front yard when one more thing had happened with my husband, and I just looked up at the sky, and I was like, God, what else? What else? Like, It was electric, it was gas, it was water, the car broke down, we're about to be evicted. What else? Just what else, God? Right. But you're not going to make it better if you just sit there and twiddle your thumbs.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So what did you do? So you left, now you have three kids, but you have two daughters now. So where'd the second one come from?
1: So I had my son and then, so I had the two kids with my first husband which is my son, who's 27, and my daughter, who is 25. And then I had a third daughter. Oh, okay. So you have three kids. Three kids. Okay. Yes. And my third daughter is 12 years old now, by the way. And so now I have three kids. Now I know the possibilities because I have a childcare facility. So I'm able to know that, you know what, I can do this, right? Yeah. I can do this. The second time around, it was a little easier to cut the cord with the eggs because by then I was at a different point. Okay, wait, I have a business. I can run a business, right? I'm confident. I'm a little more confident now. So here I am, three kids. The good thing is that, you know, now I know tapped into my abilities, my skills, my experience. And That's why now that's what I do. That is strictly what I do with people now. I help them identify, do a self-exploration, you know, and help them identify what their skills are, what their abilities, what their accomplishments are, their experience, to be able to explore possibilities, create different opportunities in business, and just to help their life become what they would always want it to be. Because I've lived through that. I've had to come up with all these processes to get to where I needed to get to. And then I was forced to do so. So it's almost like people ask me now, well, how do you help others become entrepreneurs or help them with their mindset, their life purpose? Well, how do I do that? I do that because I've had to walk in those shoes. I've had to walk the walk. I tell people now, look, I walked through the wilderness so that you don't have to, so to speak. Oh, I love that even though you probably have already, you know, you've gone through your own wilderness. But so now I have the three kids. And now I'm thinking, wait a minute, I need to be a person that's making different choices in my life. So by this time, it's two men that I've been with who, in my mind, I'm thinking, Diane, why? Why? So now I'm thinking that I need to start working on me as a person. I need to start Figuring out who I am. This whole time I've been there to help others, my dad, my brothers, my addicted husbands, my kids, which I love helping others and serving others. But at this point, I thought, Diane, you can't make a third mistake in a relationship with maybe a fourth kid. You need to figure out who you are. Who are you? I mean, why are you making these choices? What's missing? So I decided to start researching about personal development, self-esteem, confidence, which led me to enroll in a life coach certification program. Wow. Now, anybody
0: who's done a (laughs) life coach... Diane, I have to say, I'm sorry. The first thing that came to my mind when you said you can't afford to make a third decision, I was like, please don't tell me you became a nun along the way, too. (laughs) Well,
1: no. No, Almost. (laughs) But yeah, no, almost because my daughter is 12. I've been single for 12 years now. So happily single now for 12 years. So maybe I am kind of a nun. I don't know. But so I ended up taking this certification course, which anybody who, who takes a life coach certification knows that you have to go through the process to be able to help others with the process. So which is amazing because not only did I go through that life clarification process while I was taking the course now I'm able to help others and I'm able to know who I am what my purpose is and I just oh my god the clarity that came from that I was like oh my gosh why didn't I do this when I was 12 years old (laughs) but it just didn't happen and I'm cool with it because back to what I said before I don't regret anything that I've gone through because it has made me who I am now. And I can help so many people through the experiences that I've gone through. And so now, okay, so I'm a life coach as well, you know, and one thing that I've always loved to do is to educate myself. So, part of my research mindset is that I've always wanted to be a lifelong learner. So that's what led me to do the life coach certification. I'm like, okay, I need to learn. I need to learn who I am, what I am, why I do what I do. And so that I can become a better mom, a better person, make better choices. I'm tired of all the garbage in my life. And so I did. I took that life coach certification. I came out here to Los Angeles and I would say maybe the first 6 months of being here in Los Angeles I started learning the entertainment industry was because both of my daughters are in it and and I just started kind of coaching people that I would run into the parents I would run into on set with my daughter you know I just started using those skills and so I've really tapped into that so the last 2 years have been really amazing because not only do I have the knowledge of the child development now I have the life experiences I have the different business models that I've learned about because I've tapped into that. And so now that's why I've developed this program called entrepreneurial by design, because basically it just means it's my mission statement. It's what I believe. I believe that we are all created to be some kind of entrepreneur by natural design, literally because we, possess the skills, the talents, the abilities, and we just have to discover them. You know, a lot of it comes with maybe our accomplishments, experiences, but all in all, I think everybody has the unique makeup and framework of being able to be successful, not only in life, but in business. And so that's my baby now. That's what I do. You know, I have a seven-step model of clarity and results where, you know, not only do I help people figure out who they are, what skills they possess, but I help them explore the possibilities and strategize a plan and nurture them to be able to be create that lifestyle that I so needed as a 12 year old, that 12 year old thinking about the lemonade stand. So That's what I do now. That's my passion, helping people figure out, put that puzzle together, that puzzle that's taking me 50 years to put together. I help people figure out how to do that in their lives. And Mind you, I have a couple of degrees. I love education. I love that people have their careers and that they have their bachelor's and their master's because I do. I have two bachelor's and one certification as a life coach. And so I love that. I encourage people to do that along the way. But I also help people take that with the knowledge they know within their career and turn it into six and eight figures along the online space.
0: Yeah. Now, I have to say, though, like, as a 12 year old, I wouldn't have had a clue of who I was. Right. Right. But I do think, as a mom, I mean, my kids range from three-year-old twins up to a 15-year-old. Whether they're in preschool, middle school, junior high, high school, there needs to be more personal development. And there's absolutely none. This is not personal development. They're not even teaching cursive after third grade, at least in our town anymore. But there needs to be personal development. Just a couple, maybe about a month ago now, I was struggling with my 15-year-old. His attitude was just really bad. So he got grounded. And I told him he actually needed to read Think Better, Live Better by Joel Osteen. Right. I said, read this and let's talk about it. He was just sitting in a chair in my office one evening reading it. Mm, mm. So we talked about it. and His attitude got a little bit better. But then it turned to junk again when I told him he was still grounded. So I, I actually gave him Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. And I said, so you have a choice if your attitude's going to stay like that you can read this or tomorrow we're going to watch something together. So he didn't want to read the big fat book. We ended up uh, watching. I am not your guru. And he's like, wow. I was like, it's your choice. How you think is going to determine where you go. Exactly. He hasn't completely turned around. I don't think, I mean, he's a hormonal teenager. I don't know that that's even a fair expectation, but I can see how his thinking has changed a little bit. He hasn't been as tough on himself in the last month. And all kids need that. I mean my kids look at me when they spill their milk. Unless they have numerous times ignored a warning, like stop goofing around at the table or move your cup before you spill it. I've never gotten upset about spilled milk. But they look at me expecting to get, like, screamed at. And, like, it's spilled milk. It's okay. Just get a towel. And we need to give ourselves grace like that in all areas of our life. We're going to choose the wrong people. Right. We're going to have kids that weren't part of our life plan, but end up making it really amazing. I mean, that's numbers one through five for me. Right. We're going to forget to pay the gas bill. It just happens. And you don't have to have been born into wealth to make it big. Actually, I tend to prefer the stories where I've seen people like the rags to riches stories because it shows that anybody can do anything. True. So who are the people that you especially love working with today?
1: So the people I especially love working with today are people who have their careers, who enjoy their careers, but they want more of that flexibility with their time. Because I believe we were all taught to, if you're from my generation, and that's still big. It's big for people to, parents encourage you to get your education, have your career. So you have your bachelor's, and then you start working in whatever field that you specialized in. That's beautiful. I love it. I encourage that all the way. But I believe that I love to help people have more freedom in their time and still make money. So that's the kind of people that I work with, people who are already professional, they've already gone through school, have their degrees, doctors, lawyers, whatever path you're taking. But I work with them on being able to use that, plus their natural talents, abilities, their knowledge, their experience, as leverage to be able to make the money that they want to make, but without trading that time for money. I really want to help people get away from that because I believe that we need to enjoy life as well.
0: Absolutely. So how do you enjoy life right now?
1: So I enjoy life because I work from home. I live in LA, so I work at the beach if I feel like it or wherever I want to work. That's what I do. Being able to work online and coaching clients and teaching courses online, it gives me that freedom to be able to. Do what i love to do which is sit at the beach go to the museum spend time with my daughter on set if she's on set working on a project spending time with my grandbabies i have two grandbabies now and so i'm able to just do what i want to do when i want to do it
0: i love that i'm working on that myself i actually spent this past weekend not working and it was amazing but it took five years to get to this point. I want listeners to remember, it's not going to happen necessarily the first day that you start your business, the first month, the first year. Right. Overnight success stories often take five to 10 years, but if you don't give up, it's going to happen. That's Diane, we've, true. we've been working to buy our house for four years. We've been renting it to buy it for four years. And in those moments where the utilities were shut off and we were facing another late fee because our rent was late and we were facing eviction and I was looking up at the sky and thinking what next like I never saw that today would be here just before we hopped on the line I submitted the last piece of paper required to get our mortgage and it's only because we didn't give up that's right yeah where can listeners find you online and connect with you
1: so listeners can find me at entrepreneur by design not dot net so what about the bloopers are these included by the way <laughs> that one's going to be just because you asked so one more time where
0: can they find okay. you online
1: entrepreneur by design dot net you know what it is i haven't had my breakfast this morning and breakfast of champions so i
0: haven't had enough coffee yet
1: yeah so that's where they can find me i really want to make sure that all the listeners understand that things can be possible for you honestly you know that what happens for others like dreams that happen for others are not just for others you know I think we believe that so many times because we hear x y z well oh so and so did this and well but I don't know if I can but it's all in the positivity within your mind and the right mindset and I just think that in retrospect I could say that my life was pretty sucky but it's not anymore, and it's not because, one, I had to realize that I had to mind you know do that power shift within my mind and understand that there is that possibility within me, and it is within everyone else who's listening as well, no matter what you've gone through,
0: absolutely. Anything is possible, just don't give up exactly. so entrepreneurs or entrepreneur by design dot,
1: yeah, entrepreneur. Yep. dot net.
0: Okay, awesome. Listeners, I will put all of the links where you can find Diane into the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp416. Diane, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us today and just offering such inspiration and motivation and uplifting thoughts. It's been truly inspiring. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Kim. I really loved being here.
0: Do you have a parting piece of advice or golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? My
1: piece of advice is just go for it. Go for it. Don't let anything stop you. No circumstance, no life situation. I think 98% of what happens to us is what we make it. Make your life what you want it to be. Make your dreams possible.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast.